Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where this week we're heading underground to investigate some subterranean spirits. This week, we're exploring some of the chilling tales from the beings that are said to haunt the dark places beneath our very feet. From underground military complexes to eerie cave systems, these places have a long history of unexplainable events. Are these simply figments of our imagination, or is there something more sinister lurking in the shadows? Let's start off by travelling to Buckinghamshire in the UK to the very aptly named Hellfire Caves. As the name suggests, the Hellfire Caves are known for their satanic past. The caves are 300 feet below ground level. In its history, there are rituals, worship, sacrifice and a documented death. Visitors are known to hear chanting coming from the inner temple. Guests hear voices, people are touched and they feel sometimes very, very uncomfortable. The caves were once owned by Sir Francis Dashwood and were often frequented by none other than Benjamin Franklin and poet Paul Whitehead, who was also once a steward of the Hellfire Club. Whitehead requested that his heart should be placed in an urn and kept in the West Wickham Mausoleum. Now, it's said that his heart was stolen by an American soldier and his ghost, that is of poor Whitehead, his ghost now haunts the caves and the hill above in an endless search for his heart. Another legend is of Suki, a young girl tricked into meeting by the man that she intended to marry. But when meeting, she died in the hands of several men. Her ghost has been seen many times in the banqueting hall where she met her gruesome fate. In fact, not just the banqueting hall, but some of the tunnels as well, leading to, well, who knows where. The Hellfire Caves are an elaborate system of corridors and rooms carved into the hillside of West Wickham. This was once used for the notorious Hellfire Club to meet. The cave system was extended and completed in 1752, and it was here where the group dabbled in the occult, performed satanic rituals and black magic. The Hellfire Club was a name for several exclusive clubs for high society people established in Britain in the 18th century. Now, rumour has it that these clubs served as the meeting places for people who wished to take part in immoral acts, and the members were often involved 
in politics. It was difficult to obtain membership for these clubs and meetings apparently occurred twice a month. The tunnels have been almost unchanged for centuries and lead almost 300 feet below ground level until you reach the River Styx and the Inner Temple. And what is amazing is that they were all dug by hand by local chalk miners. Now you can visit the caves yourself and this is what happened when myself and the Most Haunted team headed underground. Now, this was a very unusual place to investigate and hearing of its sinister past, well, I could not wait to get there. As I first walked into the tunnels, I instantly remember being enveloped by a thick, inky blackness. I could hear only my footsteps and my heart pounding in my chest. All external sound had disappeared and it felt like wading through heaps of muted cotton wool. As I made my way slowly downwards, the tunnels began to twist and turn, making the journey really disorientated. I can't really remember exactly the layout of the network of the tunnels, but I do remember thinking, how the hell do I run out of here if the shit hits the fan? There were many rooms and chambers along the system. Some you felt okay in, others not so good. And as I looked through my night vision camera... I could see many orbs, light anomalies floating past me. At first, I took this as a sign that spirits were with me. But now, when I look back at the footage, all I see is dust particles moving through the atmosphere as I disturbed the air. I really did feel, though, as if someone was following me right there on my shoulder. I was worried and really frightened. If I heard a growl, I knew I would pee. Fortunately, no sound was heard. I wanted to do a Ouija board session to see if we could contact the ghost of Suki, the poor girl who'd been lured down into the tunnels on false pretenses and then murdered by a group of men. I thought that the inner temple would be as good a place as any to conduct the session, as her ghost had been seen everywhere. Plus, the poet Paul Whitehead might come through, whose ghost was allegedly still looking for his missing heart. Now, the inner temple was right at the bottom of the tunnel system and considered to be the club's destination closest to hell. 300 feet above this enclosure was in fact a church. It's the inner temple that all manner of ungodly rituals are said to have taken place. For some odd reason, and one that I can't remember, but the Ouija board session wasn't put into the final programme. Maybe because it was so long to film, because we were waiting for something extraordinary to happen. But alas, it didn't. And perhaps that's why it didn't make it in. But I do remember being absolutely terrified at doing one in this awful place. We all sat down on the ground and placed our fingers on the cold glass. And after calling out for the ghost of Suki and Paul Whitehead for several minutes, eventually the glass began to judder. Then it moved slowly and menacing towards hello. A young camera assistant who had never done a Ouija board before and it was his first most haunted was physically shaking and just said, no way! He bolted up and sprinted as fast as he could out of the tunnels and he never did come back on the show again. Poor love. We carried on, but from what I remember, the glass on the board did continue to move but no sense could be made out of the letters that it stopped at. We did give it another hour, but then eventually we gave up. The activity was minimal and, I'm afraid to say, slightly disappointing. 
Considering all the ghostly sightings that had been seen over the years, I was hoping for a little more. We did hear the odd footstep, though, as if someone was following us, and the odd whisper and voice, but nothing concrete. What I do remember about this incredible place was the atmosphere. It was fantastic. It was as if many beady and curious eyes were following your every move. Now, I have been back to this place a few times with Most Haunted Experience and things did happen then. It was many years after the first time I'd been. Now, as you know, I believe in energy and lots of it, plus a positive state of mind. The following investigations I went on proved a lot more successful. This time, poltergeist activity where many stones were pelted at us and many audibles, growls and whistles were often heard. I remember jogging back up towards the main entrance, having had a stone thrown at us and a couple of people were with me. And as I got to the top gate, right in my ear, a loud and guttural man's growl reverberated in my ear. Of course, I screamed the place down and asked if anyone else had heard it, but no, they hadn't. But I knew what I'd experienced. Now, when I think about it, this makes me want to grab my gear, the crew and get back down there as soon as possible. Before we plunge ourselves deeper into subterranean spirits, let's go to our listener, Karen, who got in touch on WhatsApp with her voice note to share her experiences, which started in her teens. Hi, Yvette. Uh, Carl and crew love, love the podcast. I'm going to tell you my story. I'm Karen from Essex. I've been having paranormal experiences since my teens and they started with levitating glasses and shadow figures. At 16, I was stopped by a woman who I didn't know, but she asked me if I knew I was a psychic medium. I said no. She said I could speak to spirits. I said no. Luckily, she trained me to be the person that I am today. I've done numerous ghost hunts, including coming to Portsmouth Most Haunted Live, staying in a haunted hotel afterwards, which was great. Footsteps could be heard in the hallway. I checked, nothing. Doors were banging, go out there again, nothing. And cupboard doors opening in our room. It was a really, really good night. At breakfast, Myself and my friends all sat down at a table. The lady who had been probably in her 80s, who was serving us, looked at me and said, you know what to do. And she hands me a plate. I said to her, I'm sorry. She replied, we've been here many times before and had breakfast. I can tell you, I had never, ever been to Portsmouth in my life. I thanked her, I drank my coffee and I left. The story I'm going to tell you about happened in my own home. I was in the garage that had been kitted out as my psychic space, cleansed, and where I did things like card readings, etc. One night I was sitting there when I heard footsteps going in and out through the closed door. So I asked out, is there anybody there? when in front of me peered a young boy. I could barely see his features as it was dark and I only had a candle for light. 
I asked him his name, which he replied, Daniel. I asked him why he was going backwards, back and forth through the door. He looked around and said, what door? He told me that this was farmland and he worked for the shepherds. Then he disappeared. I wanted to know more. So I decided the next night I'd bring out all my ghost hunting equipment and I'd call out for him. Dead on 9pm, he appeared. We went through the same questions. I asked him what he was looking for. He replied to me, my dog. I lost him during the storm a few days ago. I had to ask him, do you know you're dead? I hate asking that. Yes, he replied. I asked, what year was you born? The ghost app shouted out, 1826. What year did you die? Yet again, I heard, 1841. Oh my God, he was 15 when he passed. I asked him, how did you die? He told me the storm was really bad and he had taken his dog out to round up the remaining sheep that had been left on the field. A really loud clap of thunder had spooked the dog and it had bolted. Daniel had searched for hours but could not find his dog. Wet through and freezing cold, he carried on. Then he said, it all went dark. So for many years, he had still been looking for his beloved dog. I asked him if he wanted me to help him go into the light so he could see his family and cuddle this beloved dog, to which I did. But just before he left, he said something strange to me. He said, please look after the shepherd's wife, but beware, she can be nasty at times. And then he walked into a circle of bright light and disappeared. And I never saw him again. So me being me, I looked up what was here on the land in the 1800s. And to my surprise, it was all farmland, sheep, cows, etc. Many months had passed by when my teenage daughter wakes me up screaming in the middle of the night. She saw an old lady hovering over her bed, right in her face, screaming, get out my home, and then disappearing. I wondered if this could have been connected to the land, thinking back to what Daniel had said to me. Not long after this, my son-in-law had to go into the loft to get me something down. Standing on the ladder with the loft hatch open, asking me where the item was, I felt some strange presence. It went cold and I could smell something strange. Then it happened. The ladder was pushed really hard by unseen hands and my son-in-law fell to the ground. When I heard yet again, get out my home. I swung round and I politely told this woman, actually, this is my home. And how dare you touch any of my family? Activity didn't stop there. While recording something in my daughter's bedroom, you can clearly hear a woman's voice screaming. Although my daughter had not heard anything while doing her makeup, 
I tried everything to make this grumpy lady leave without any success. So in the end, I had to call in a couple of friends to help me. I was taken into a trance-like state and I allowed this woman to come into my aura so she could tell her story. I don't remember much of it, but thankfully my friend did record it. This poor lady had lost her son, her husband, the young boy who helped her out on the farm. And because of this, she hated men. She felt like men always deserted her. She thought the upper level of my house was the ground floor of her cottage. And after a lengthy chat with her, she said her name was Mrs Shepherd. My friend showed her the light and brought all her family to take her to a better place. When I came out of the trance, I was exhausted. My friend told me what had happened and that she had passed over into the light. I can tell you, I was up them stairs, white sage in hand, cleansing my house. I don't live there anymore, but I miss many of the sweet spirits that did reside there. Thanks, Yvette. Love the podcast. Hi, Karen. Thanks so much for your voice note. Don't you just love it when you're given information from a spirit or the other side and then you go and check it out and it's true. Names, dates, places, etc. I am so pleased you were able to help out the boy who lost his dog and, of course, help the angry Mrs. Shepherd. Wouldn't it be marvellous if we could all learn how to do this? Because there are so many souls who are frightened or very confused and need help to pass over to the other side. Keep up the good work, Karen. And if you manage to find the recording of the woman's scream in your daughter's bedroom, ah, you need to send it to me so we can all hear it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, Continuing underground, let's head towards Worcestershire in the UK to the Drake Low Tunnels. 
The Drakelow Tunnels are a former top-secret underground military complex beneath Kingsford County Park, north of Kidderminster. These were built between 1941 and 1942 as a shadow factory for the Rover Car Company. Parts for aircraft engines were created in just over four miles of tunnels throughout World War II. After World War II, the tunnels were used to produce parts for tank engines all the way up to 1958. In 1961, the tunnels were back in action again and were used for a top-secret facility designated Regional Seat of Government 9. This formed a national network with 12 other highly classified nuclear bunkers that the government would operate the country from in the event of a nuclear war. The tunnels were upgraded and blast doors and airlocks installed to bring the complex up to nuclear bunker status. You can find an image on our socials of the sheer scale of the tunnels now. The tunnels have their fair share of paranormal activity too, with a series of tragic accidents resulting in the death of six men and one woman. The first was a collapse of a tunnel on the 21st of October in 1941. A roof collapsed in Tunnel 1 whilst blasting. Mr Harry Depper and his two colleagues were crushed to death by the falling rock. The next death was that of Mary Ann Brettle, who was accidentally hit by a dump truck outside the complex and later died of shock. The last three deaths were down to bad luck. Conveyor belts were installed to make it easier to excavate loose rock from blasting. After a hard day of work, two construction workers took a ride on the conveyor and got caught in the machinery, mangling them to death. The last known death was of a security officer, Mr Eric Harold Newman, who was accidentally struck down by the coach driver as he left the complex one evening on his motorbike. There have been some strange events happening at Drakelow as well. One evening in 1993, the caretaker was inspecting the kitchen in the old RSG side of the complex when he began to hear faint 1940s music. Believing it might be a worker who left a radio on, he began to investigate. As he approached Tunnel 1, the music got louder. And then, as he stepped inside, the music stopped. He searched for the radio, scouring the whole length of the tunnel, but nothing was found. He was so determined and did a six-hour search of the complex, but found nothing. The only equipment that was capable of playing music was the old World War II tannoy system, but that hadn't worked since the 1950s. Another strange occurrence was in 1996. The caretaker and his two German shepherds were locking the complex down as usual. The caretaker was securing the telephones whilst his dogs wandered into the next room. Suddenly, the dogs began barking frantically, and as the caretaker rushed to see what was happening, he realised there was nobody to be seen. The dogs continued to bark, fixated on something on the wall. The caretaker calmed them down and continued his rounds. As they stepped into Tunnel 4, the dogs stopped dead in their tracks and began growling. They ignored the caretaker and couldn't be calmed down, transfixed on something at the top of the tunnel. The caretaker followed the dog's gaze and could see a mist slowly floating down the tunnel towards them. The dogs, in the panic, broke free and ran back the way they had come, with the caretaker following as he believed there was a fire. But on returning to check for signs of a fire, there was none, and no sign of the mist either. The dogs refused to re-enter the complex. Visitors to Drakelow have experienced the feeling of being watched, drops in temperature, and in some cases, the feeling of being pushed. 
The most experiences happen in Tunnel 4 and Tunnel 1, deep inside the Rover Shadow Factory. The music happens sporadically, but the mist only appears in the winter months. Maybe there could be a natural explanation for this. Right, so this was one of the more frightening investigations that I had done. These tunnels are just over four miles long, and it's totally possible to get lost if your torch goes out. It can be a long time before you're found. Well, this is what happened to me and my team on Most Haunted. It's Series 15, Episode 8, and it's a cracker. Armed with our night vision cameras, some sturdy walking boots and, of course, torches, we headed off in search of the paranormal. The current owner, Sid, and his two spaniel dogs were on site just in case we did indeed get lost. And let me tell you, many people before us had got lost and it had taken hours to track them down. I remember... I first teamed up with the beautiful Mel, who was at the time the makeup artist on the show. Basically, she was there to fix my mascara that was always sliding down my face due to screaming, weeing myself and crying. Without her, I would have looked like a member of KISS, let me tell you. Anyway, I digress. Off me and the beautiful Mel went into the darkness, while Carl, Stuart and Darren disappeared also into the bowels of hell. It wasn't long before Mel and I were stopped in our tracks as a huge rock was thrown at us, narrowly missing Mel's head. Now, remember, we're in complete darkness. We've only got our torches. When people say, oh, another team member could have thrown that at Mel. No, if that if that rock had hit Mel, it would have knocked her out. It really silly and dangerous for anybody to do anything daft like that. It came from nowhere. And besides, the other members of the team were far, far away down the other end of a tunnel. As you can imagine, when that rock came near us, that sent the screams ricocheting through four miles of tunnels. We were then rooted to the spot, absolutely terrified at what else might be hurled at us. We just couldn't move and were thankful when eventually, through shouting back and forth to our other team members, I'm up here, shall we come to you? No, we'll come to you. Eventually, we joined up with Carl, Stewart and Darren. Now, when we were all together, we descended, felt brave, you see, we descended further into the bowels of what felt like, I can't even describe it to you, it's just walking through just tar, just awful hell. But eventually we ended up in shower rooms. And I have to say, this looked like something out of a Saw movie. It really was horrific. And then something was thrown again. And this time it hit my arm and it wasn't a rock. It was a key. We were all mystified by the arrival of an old silver key and wondered if it had been given to us from the other side, a a spirit, for us to unlock a door or a cupboard or something. Were they trying to tell us something, give us a clue? And it was at this point that Darren began to complain about his head and that he felt as if something was crushing it. Now, one story goes, if you remember right at the very beginning, I told you about a Mr. Harry Depper who had died on the 21st of October 1941. uh, And apparently uh, he'd been killed by the falling rock. Now, many believe that this was an accident, but also many believe that he was murdered. Well, I wanted to find out. And so we went to do a Ouija board. 
we found a good central point and was joined by Sid, um, the owner who I told you about at the beginning, and he had his two spaniel dogs. And it wasn't long before the glass began to move. I asked if there was someone here who'd been murdered, and the glass shot violently over to the word yes. Then it became apparent that the spirit we were talking to wasn't the murdered, it was the murderer. The murderer said that he'd meant to do it. He didn't hate his victim, but the murderer owed Mr. Harry Depper money and the murderer couldn't pay it. So what did he do? He killed him by hitting him over the head with a rock. I asked when this murder took place and he moved the glass spelling out 1941, which tallies with when the accident did happen. Someone asked if he was the one responsible for throwing things at us and he replied that yes, he was. We asked, would he commit the murder again? And he said that yes, he would. Then, when we asked how old he was when he committed the murder, he replied that he had been 17. It was around this part of the session where the owner, Sid, began to get really frightened and had to move closer to us. The reason being is that his two dogs had begun to whine and shake and he'd never seen them do that before. He was really freaking out. Sid also confirmed that the date tallies with the time that the alleged murder took place. When we asked for a name, the glass refused to budge. Now, just for your delight and delectation, only on this podcast, here is part of that investigation. Turn off the lights and enjoy. One person, please just come to the board. One person... Come forward, please, just one of you, and take control. We just need to know. There's a gentleman here that I know... There was a gentleman here that was killed. Was he murdered or was it an accident? Crying out loud, Jesus. Yes, OK. The murdered gentleman, please spell oh, out your really name. Funny. Please spell out your name, the murdered gentleman. Did you work here during the war? World War Two. Yes. Did you work for Rover? Yeah. You're right there, Carl. I feel quite dizzy. Darren, you, you said earlier about your you you get this pressure mm. in your head. Yeah. And I it's progressively getting that as we. As we're going on with it, and it's almost like just somebody's got their their hands like this, and they're just yeah. pressing inside my head. Whoever is haunting here, um, uh, it was mentioned that there was a gentleman who thought he had an accident uh, when it was being excavated. Yes, yes, yes. He was murdered. He was murdered. Does the murderer wander around here? Does the murderer's spirit wander around here? Yes. Is this who we're speaking to? Are you the murderer? Yes. Okay. Was it an accident? Did you mean to murder somebody? Oh, you meant to do it. You meant to do it. Did you hate him? No, he said no. Oh, oh yeah. Did you hate him? I wonder why he wanted to kill him. Why did you want to kill him? Mm. You didn't, why? didn't hate him. You didn't hate him. What Did happened? It. Tell us what happened. Why, why did you want to kill him? 
jealousy. D. D. E. A. Debt. Debt. Money. He owed you money. Did he owe you money? No. Did you owe him money? Ah. That's interesting. How much money did he did you owe him? How much? No. He's not telling us. Okay. What did you do? How did you kill him? Wow. It's like going through treacle. Um. See? Rock. Rock. Oh my god. Oh my god. Threw a rock at him, Did you put the did you hit him with the rock on, on his head? Okay. Yeah. Do you feel remorseful for your action? No. Would you do it again? How old were you when you did this? How old were you? Zero. One. Is that one? Is it on? Is it covering one or zero just zero and one? one. Oh. Yeah. You're seventeen. Wow. What year was this? What year did you kill him? What year? <coughs> what year? Can you tell us what year it was? Can you remember? What year? Oh, it's somebody just came up beside me and then it got just jumped out, literally jumped out of my skin. And, oh, my legs, some hairs on my arms were standing up. That was just the strangest thing then. Yeah, well, that, was a bit, that freaked me a bit, that does. Oh, yeah. I really, I, yeah, feel Can we stand closer to us if you feel like? Oh. Happened, oh. So I thought somebody walked up beside me. That's all. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting like real shivers just yeah. up and down me continually, yeah. and it's yeah. just it's just happened. Yeah, I am as well. Hands just gone icy as well. The temperature yeah. has dropped. Yeah. Oh, what are the dogs? 46 or 47. Babe. Dogs won. 1936, wasn't it? Was it 1936 this murder occurred? No, 1941. 1941. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's about right, Boris. Okay. Are you the spirit that's throwing things and causing people to feel... Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Is there, is there more than you here doing that? Yeah. So he's one of them. How many of you are doing it? How many of you are here causing things to be thrown, people to feel nervous? How many? 
Have you visited one of these subterranean spaces and experienced something? Or have you had an experience in a place we haven't spoken yet about? Well, if you have, get in touch with us and share your stories with me. Uh, Here's the address. It's contact at paranormalpod.co.uk. We are on WhatsApp and here's the number 075-999-27537. We are on social media on Instagram and the handle is at paranormalactivitypod. You can stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great, great week. Stay safe and remember, Remember, things aren't always as they seem. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.